One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode brought to you by Yahoo Sports Canada. My name is Iman, and I am joined by the man who joined me last week again from NBA Big Board. It is Raphael Barlow. Raphael, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, thanks. Good, thanks. Thank you for joining me again to talk more draft prospects <laughs> as we're near and we inch closer to the NBA draft since the last time we spoke, the Raptors have head coach which is really nice <laughs> yeah I mean right um, after we said goodbye then next thing I know I get the alert and I'm like dang we would have just did that podcast 30 minutes later we would have been able to talk about the new coach and how the player may fit the coach's system but you know that happens it does it does and I mean it is a first time NBA head coach so so there will be there will be sort of a lot and some behind the scenes for everybody else Somehow the, the sausage is made. Is that, is that a saying? I feel like it is. Uh, it was going through our pod as he was producing it and just taking out all the bits where you mentioned it. So you didn't get to hear us repeat time and time and time again that the Raptors have no high couch because they do. And that's great. But that's a pod for a whole other day. Today, we are here to talk about some more names in the upcoming NBA draft. Now, when the draft comes, is it like a relief for you? Is that your championship moment? When you get uh, to exhale a little bit. Yeah, and no, but then like a few days later it's summer league. So that's true. Yeah. Um from a content perspective, it's it's busy. Like I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to have like my draft grades out and then also all like, you know, my locked on NBA Big Board podcast after the draft is complete, which you know the draft is like four hours. So between doing the podcast, writing, and then I'm actually going to New York, and okay. uh, we'll find out if it was a mistake or not, but I'm leaving on Sunday night, and then I return Friday morning, but I'm bringing my wife, my 11th month, my 11-month-old oh. son, and then my 13-year-old niece, we're all going, so. That sounds fun. It does sound fun, but I'm wondering, like, all right, am I going to be able to manage, because I'm, like, the one that has to entertain and, and do all that <laughs> while getting the work done so we'll we'll see how productive I am but uh it's gonna be fun it will be a relief uh because I've been talking about these guys since August right so I'm like looking forward to scouting and evaluating a, a totally a different group of guys so it is a relief but it's kind of like my busy time of year and also the time of year where I guess I can say I make the most money from you know, uh, whether it's podcast downloads, YouTube downloads, subscriptions on my newsletter. So it's like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's a good time. And then it's also a relief when it's over. Fair enough. Fair, fair, fair enough. 
Um, so before, so I, I was throwing out a bunch of names at you. A lot of them are guards, because as we mentioned, that is going to be a point of emphasis for the Raptors, whether it be something they address in the draft or something they address in free agency or through trades, it's going to be something they need. But before we get into that, there've been a lot of rumors, a ton mm-hmm. of rumors that the Raptors are trying to move up in the draft. There are reports that, you know, of course, with Portland having the number three pick in Portland, as you're familiar with, wanting to move off that pick, that that might be, there might be something there. Um, There's also been reports that the Raptors have been sniffing around Houston and the number four pick over there. And now it seems like the number seven pick in Indiana. There are just, it feels as though the Raptors really desperately want to get into the top half of the draft. The last time we've heard reports this loud about the Raptors wanting to get into somewhere in the lottery was when Giannis Antetokounmpo was available and when Jay Gilders Alexander was available. So very clearly, there's someone they're looking at in this draft that they have their eyes um, on. And I, I don't know. We've talked about Bilal Koulibaly. Very well could be him, but it could be someone else. Who do you think the Raptors are really sort of eyeing to move up in the draft? Of course, if we're talking number two, three, that is a different entirely than uh you know a number seven pick but what do you think there scoop if fred van vliet is 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 gone and i mean i guess that gives you the signs that it is a rebuild and and i think you go after scoop now you got your your franchise point guard and uh you you help a team that really wants to win now and um I don't know what the package is. Obviously, you know, if you're Portland, you, you want Siakam. That's that's who you start with. Whether or not that happens, if Masai hangs up or, or allows him to keep talking, that's a different story. Uh, maybe OG. Can sharpen that deal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, it's one of those things where if, if Portland really feels like, all right, we got to maximize Dame's last few years, then you're going to have to give up something. But yeah. basically giving up the number three pick and the number seven pick last year, I actually saw a fake trade. It was like it would give them Pascal and OG. Oh. But there would have had to have been like some crazy type of money to make it work. But that would signal like a totally, totally complete rebuild. But if you got Scoot and Shaden Sharp and you still keep the 13th pick, I mean that that would be somewhat exciting, but just signals like the real end end Oof. of an era. I've i you know, and, and this is something that I'm sure we'll be discussing a lot over the offseason. I've kind of thought a lot about the idea of one of OG Ananobi or Pascal Siakam being gone, but both of them in one summer. <sighs> Sad thinking about it. But we don't have to think about it just yet. So Scoot, if, of course, if they want to move into that top three, it looks as though yeah. the Hornets might be picking Miller um before that. But what about the sort of number seven range because it seems as though they really just don't want to be in the teens because they think maybe and we talked about it last time that a Utah or um what was the other team the Thunder who picked right before them um might be stealing their guy if they do have a guy in this draft any thoughts about yeah. who that might be in the sort of middle of the 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 lottery yeah so I'm I mean, we talked about it last time Kulabali yeah could be that guy I mean I don't know if he slides past nine to utah but if if they're trying to get to seven then that that must mean he he must be the guy maybe it's anthony black maybe it's someone like him um i know they have a lot of wings and 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 forwards i don't know if like jairus walker or taylor hendricks makes sense to move up 
if you're going to keep, you know, Pascal and OG, I think you would really have an unbalanced roster there, but you'd have a summer to kind of balance it out. So I would assume it would have to be a guard, whether it's Anthony Black and maybe like Bilal, even though he's more so of a like long-term prospect. And uh, I don't know if it's real or not. Did you see the Wimbayama quote today about Bilal? It was translated in French, but um, he made the comment that he looks at the Thompson twins and he sees that they played an overtime elite. And Bilal is younger. He has like a longer wingspan. And he showed that what he's capable of in a better league and in the playoffs. So Bilal should be a top five pick. And it's very interesting case that, that he brought up that I hadn't considered that I, if, you know, he was doing that in, in a pro league and he is two years younger, he may not be as athletic, but he is one of the better athletes. I guess you can't make a case for him. Maybe I, I can see the argument I should say. And so maybe Toronto feels like there's a team ahead of them that really likes him. Maybe it is the Pacers because I mean, they're t- they need help at the forward spot. And they do have some young guys, and maybe like that's in their timeline also. I've always thought the Pacers were going to take between Taylor Hendricks and Jairus Walker, but but maybe. I mean, Masai is a smart guy. If he wants to move up to seven, that means there's he feels like there's somebody that is targeting the guy that he wants, and he needs to get ahead of them. Victor Wembanyama, I know you're listening to me here. Civil play, please. We're not saying that. We need to fall a little lower in the draft here. Don't make it harder for us. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, no, that's that's really interesting. I, I think I heard that that he had said something about him being a, a top five pick. I didn't know that was something that came out today. Maybe maybe in all my reading, it, it did happen. Yeah. He said top just... 10 a few weeks back. But then uh, okay, today, okay. now again, I could be wrong. It, it, it came from a French publication and then they translated it and... You know, Twitter's crazy nowadays. You don't know who's verified and who's just paying for it. So you don't know, but... Let me use my French immersion. So let me <laughs> put it to good use and take a look at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, like I said, if, if they want to move up to seven, that, that means... I mean, that's just, I think, because Indiana is interested in a guy like OG Ananobi, of course. You know, he has ties back to Indiana. Yep. Um, and, and so I think that that's sort of where the number seven comes about. I don't know if that's necessarily where they're sort of pickpocket pointing um but um it, it does sort of seem like they do desperately want to move up in the draft as opposed to staying in that 13 spot and that could very well be a name because of how quickly he's rising that they're like hey maybe that's not the guy that we get but you mentioned it black is another person there as well um and there's obviously going to be better players that are higher up in the draft than lower um mm-hmm. but let's talk about some of those guys that are going to be around at 13 and you know the raptors have worked some of them out and a lot of the names that seem to come up are guards. And we talked a little bit about some of our Michigan guards before, but I kind of wanted to bring up their names and um, ask you to maybe rank some of these players if I could, or where you would have them go. Okay. I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw some names at you. Not all like, um, let's start off with Jalen Huchifino. Mm-hmm. That's going to be one guy. Kobe Buckin. That's going to be another guy. Let's also do Keontae George. And then let's throw in Braden Pojemski. So he said Hushafino, mm-hmm. Keontae George, mm-hmm. Brandon Pojemski. Who's the other name? Bufkin. Bufkin. 
Cool. All right. Um, I think I would go with Keontae. Okay. That's interesting. Keontae. It's at the top of the thing. Yeah, I, I would take Keontae above above uh, uh yeah, I would take Keontae one. I'm going my gut. Hood Shafino two, Buffkin three, Pajemski four. Very interesting. Okay, so can uh, let's let's sort of break that down a little bit. Now, uh, a lot of the talk about Keontae, of course, he injured his ankle, if I'm not mistaken, yep. and has sort of fallen down the ranks for people. And I know that athleticism is something that people have pointed out um, as a mm. knock of his. What do you <laughs> have to say about that, to have him number one? And then just sort of in my research, it seems like people aren't as sure about him as you are. And I want to sort of leave you the floor with, with why. Yeah, all right. So number one, if people mention that he has an ankle injury and that he played through it. And then in the same breath, they mentioned lack of athleticism. Like <laughs> you can like see, all right, if he was playing hurt, then he wasn't, you know, hundred percent himself. And maybe that played a role in the lack of athleticism. Now I will say that I, I live in Dallas. I've watched right. Keontae for years. So I have seen him play prior to, to college and he, he, he is a good athlete, but he's not a guy where his game is just completely based off of athleticism. He's he's good at changing pace and, and just getting to his spots, but he he can take off. I mean, I remember a guy was making a claim to me that he's not athletic, and I showed him a video that I had in my phone of Keontae jumping over somebody that was standing under the rim and, and dunking, and I showed him that, and he was just like, wow. I was like, yeah, his game is not based off of athleticism, which we see so many guys that if they have an injury or they lose like their first step, then it significantly impacts their game. So I think with Keontae, he has a blend of athleticism. I even talked to him about it, just like, you know, what are the biggest misconceptions about his game? And then I mentioned a lack of athleticism. And he was like, you know, athleticism isn't all about dunking. It's about can you get elevation on your spot, on your shot, um, how you move, how fluid you move, and so on. And and he just mentioned that he's a better athlete. But then he also told me that he he played 20 pounds heavier than than he felt comfortable with this season because the Big 12 is a tough conference. Right. And it's not a conference that is known for having like successful freshmen. Like it's an older conference. There really were only two impact freshmen this year in the Big 12, and it was Keontae George and Grady Dick. Other than that, a lot of the freshmen that were even highly touted struggled. So it's it's a veteran league, and I think the the plan was for him to bulk up and and get stronger, but he put on too much. So he had on I think he told me like twenty pounds on top of playing hurt the second half of the year, and I think it just kind of impacted how people feel about him. But I was I had the opportunity to watch him work out earlier. Um, this spring, after the season finished, he shed the weight. He's he looks like the athlete he was in high school. I was at his pro day in Chicago, and it was phenomenal. And I think he's back in the lottery discussion after a lot of people did not have him in the lottery discussion. So um, I'm high on Keontae. And I would tell anybody that has doubts about Keontae, go to, and it was actually in Canada this or last summer, the Global Jam. And it's spelled like G-L-O-B-L. -L. I don't know why there's no A between the B and the L. But he was phenomenal in that. And that like gives you like an idea of what he he can do. And I thought the Baylor situation wasn't also the best fit. He played with three small guards. 
And so he was kind of, um, I mean, they were just a small team. So I think he can shoot the ball better than the numbers in the K, definitely better athlete. And he was playing hurt. And then I would also say the two games that he played before he got hurt, it was against Kansas and Kansas State. And if I'm not mistaken, in those two games, he combined for 43 points on 11 for 20 from three. And then he got hurt in the Texas game and it just it just went downhill from there. Okay, wow. You're selling me. You're selling me. Um, and let's get to you had number four. I think you had Pajemski number four there. Why would yep. you have him as sort of the last guy uh of, of the four that names? I, I know like we're talking about guys that are probably gonna be taken in the lottery or fairly early on in the first round. Well, this is not a knock on any of those players, but yep. of the four guys that I named, um, what sort of why hasn't Pajemski sold you ahead of ahead of some of those other guys? I've kind of been late on the Pajemski train, although I was kind of tipped off to him last. It was it was like early. No, sorry, it was last summer. So he went to Illinois, barely played. I don't know if he averaged three minutes a game or three points per game. It was something significantly low. He transferred, and Santa Clara went on like a European tour, and he played really really well. So. I started getting messages, hey, you got to check this kid out. He's an NBA prospect. And I'm go back at his stats like, okay, whatever. But my gut feeling told me to put him on my preseason draft guide. So I put him in the draft guide, and he exceeded expectations. He was really, really good. He doesn't pass the eye test. And I, I jokingly say if we went to the gym and we had to pick up players and he was standing there and the Thompson twins and all these other guys were lined up and you had to pick which one. Yeah. I don't think he'd be one of your top picks. And it's not because he's he's white. I don't want people to think like, oh, you know, make it a race thing. He just doesn't have like the long arms. He, he, he tested well as an athlete, but he just, I mean, he's, he's proven me wrong quite a bit this year and maybe he can do it again. But the numbers were great this year. I want to say it was like 19.9 points per game, eight rebounds per game. He is a really good rebounder. He's the best rebounding guard in this class, um, at least statistically. You may say the Thompson twins, um, but I'll say statistically, he's the best guard. He can knock down open shots, shot over 40% from three. And at the combine, I thought he showed some flashes of him being able to run a team and make plays and read. So um, I think he's going to be good. And it could be the second Santa Clara player that makes – First team all rookie. Like uh, last year was Jalen Williams, who right. came out of, you know, he was, I think he was like a second round pick until he went to the combine, ends up going in the lottery and has a really good year. And maybe Pajimski could be, you know, the next one. But I think he's going to be good. Um, but I think that he he's still going to have to prove people wrong because he is still somewhat of an unknown because he went to a smaller school and didn't have like a lot of, you know, big TV games. Okay. Okay, and then you had Hochefino second um, of of the group and, and Bufkin number three. Why why do you have uh, Hochefino higher than than? Uh, I just want my gut, and I, I've learned just trust your gut. <laughs> trust your gut. <laughs> um, I like the size, six seven, and he's a big point guard. I think he's really really good at attacking drop coverages. Like he had a game against. Purdue this year and Purdue had Zach Eady like the 7-4. Well, he's Canadian. You may know Zach Eady. <laughs> <laughs> National Player of the Year. And um Hood Shafino just torched Purdue's drop coverage defense because he's a very good mid-range shooter. 
And he's actually a pretty good shooter off the dribble from three. Not yeah. a high volume of attempts, but he shot 38% from three off the dribble, which is good. Yeah. So he, he is a guy that is not the greatest athlete, not very explosive, doesn't have like this great blow by speed, but he has the size and strength to get to his spots. And his his bread and butter butter is his pull up and his floater. And I think that his game is 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 built for like NBA, NBA um defenses because he, he loves to attack drop coverages. Hey, that's great. I mean, like speaking of of guys who have a floater, a graphic came out and it had a bunch of guys who were where guys shot between five to ten feet and what like what percentage they shot at. And of course, there were two Raptors right at the bottom there um, in Fred Van Vliet and Precious Achua, who are both, you know, poor finishers as well, but also just have no floater in their game either. So if it's not for the outside shot. So getting someone in there for the Raptors, you can do something like that, I think can be really beneficial. And then let's close this off on on Kobe there. What are your thoughts on him uh, in this draft and, and why you have him sort of third behind some of those other guys, but I had Pojemski there? Yeah, I mean, I like Buffkin. I, I think that, you know, you can make a strong case and say he is he'll he'll be the first player drafted out of this group. And okay. the case for that is he is a sophomore. Well, he just finished his sophomore season, but he's the same age as a lot of the freshmen. So right. as a, a freshman, he showed flashes, but I mean he wasn't like really productive on paper. And then he had a, a breakout sophomore year. At the start of the season, he was probably considered Michigan's third best player at best. And then slowly throughout the season, they kind of gave him more and more freedom. And once he kind of got the keys to the to the team, he just showed what he's capable of. What I do like about him is that he doesn't have any like real glaring weaknesses. Like you can't look at his stats and look at his game and say this is a major area of concern, other than the fact that he needs to get stronger, which I mean, you can put that on everybody's court <laughs> except right. like three guys. <laughs> but he was very efficient at the rim. And why I think that Toronto could be a good fit for him is because if I'm not mistaken, out of all the guards projected in this draft class, I think his numbers statistically were the best at the rim, mm. but he shot 71% at the rim this season, which right. is incredible. Insane. And, we were talking about that. Yeah. And that's without like floor spacers and NBA spacing. So, yeah. um, which is really good. Do because... the Raptors have that? <laughs> What's that? Do the Raptors have floor spacing? Do the Raptors have NBA No, that's spacing? why somebody mentioned that it was it was somebody mentioned to me, and I it's in an article that I'm that I'll drop on Monday. But a a person that I respect was like, in reality, if Grady Dick is available, that's who Toronto needs because they need shooting Dang. so bad, and that's what he can provide. They were like. It may not be like the the sexiest pick that Raptors fans want to hear about because, you know, you you want guard help. But he was yeah. like, he immediately comes in and addresses like, and, you know, their their biggest need. At least that's what's the guy's opinion. And, and I, hey, that's valid. I like I think we talked a little bit about it because that was the last question that I left you with. When I was like, I can't let you go without asking about shooting because it is the one thing that the Raptors need you know, talking about a guy who can finish, you know, without NBA spacing, <laughs> he'll come to the Raptors and find that he doesn't have any of that here either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so you mentioned it, you think that Kobe Buckin goes probably ahead of any of these guys mentioned here. And I think we talked about possibly him being, you know, the first guard out of Michigan. Um, but you have Keontae 
as your yep. sort of top uh, um, of the list guy. I have a question for you. Do you think that he sort of falls into the lottery? Do you think that, or do you think he falls out of the lottery? Um, or where do you project he goes? I've actually heard someone tell me, someone close to him, that's kind of in the loop. And they mentioned that unless Toronto trades up, they don't think he gets past Toronto if he's... So, of course, like if Bilal is available, then he thinks they'll take Bilal. But he mentioned that if, you know, if the way that a lot of people are projecting it to go, that Keontae won't get past Toronto. And they, and he told me that he thinks that they prefer Keontae over Nick Smith mm-hmm. and some of the other guards in that in that um in that draft range. So I think he can go lottery. I mean, he was invited to the green room, so I mean he can't be falling too far. Even though I mean I think there's 20 guys that have been invited since then, um, since the list came out. But I, I do think that he'll be a lottery pick because, like I said, the stock that he had, or the momentum that he had coming into the season. Right. right before he got hurt, I think he's picked it back up with his individual workouts and his pro days because he is slimmer, he is healthier, and I mean he just has a beautiful shot. He's a good shooter, but it's like you would think the shot should go in more than it than it does. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll see if you know the lack of elevation hurt a little bit or the extra weight impacted the shot. But like I said, I don't think he gets past Toronto. Interesting. As of today, you know what I mean, like. Things change. Yeah, no, valid, valid. So of the four guys that that we just sort of named, who do you think falls out of, like, do you imagine all of them going the lottery? I don't think that there's probably space for all of them. Or who do you think sort of has the the least amount of stock currently? I don't think Pajemski is a lottery pick. I think he's late first round, maybe in the 20s at best, but I don't don't think he's, he'll, he'll go in the lottery. So I think that was the easy one. Uh, Buffkin could go in the lottery. I, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think Toronto and New Orleans could select, uh, could take Buffkin in the lottery. And then Hood Shafino, I really think there there is a chance, but there's only 14 spots. And then there's only yeah. so many combo guards that, that can be taken. So, yeah. uh, but I would, if I had to bet and I'm not a betting person, but if I had to bet, I'd say one for sure in the lottery, maybe two. Interesting. Um, And it seems as though, like as I'm sort of processing everything you're saying, it seems as though Kobe Buffkin probably has the least amount of sort of weaknesses of the guys that you've sort of been talking about, but a guy like Keontae has the highest ceiling. Am I right to sort of gain that from what you're saying? Am I reading too much into this? Uh, no, um, I, I think that like statistically, Buffkin right. doesn't have, like when you just look at the numbers on paper, even if you look at his game, he doesn't have like a glaring weakness. Like for Keontae, you can look at the numbers and say, well, he was inefficient from the floor or he um, could have shot better. Right. I think some of that is related to, you know, everything that I mentioned. But like statistically, you can't just say like, oh, well, because I think Kobe shot like 36% from three. He defends. He gets to the rim. He's a good passer. I mean, I guess the if there is a knock is that he he just needs to get stronger. But right. again, he's he's the same age as all the freshmen in this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Class, he just went to school earlier. He's even younger than his teammate, Jet Howard, who was a freshman this year. Right. So I, I think that, you know, maybe. And Let's sometimes I got to talk about Jet as well. Where would you throw Jet into this mix? Sorry to interrupt you. Um, Jet is interesting because you see the flashes, like the talent. He's 6'8. He can handle the ball. He can shoot. He can make plays for others. My concern with Jet is he averaged 3.4 more rebounds than me and you. So at 6'8", how do you average three rebounds per game? Like there's a guy, yeah. Marquise Noel, who's like 5'8", from Kansas State, that averaged more rebounds than Jet Howard. Brandon Pajemski averaged like five rebounds more than <laughs> Jet Howard. So... And see what the Raptors him out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I heard the Raptors had a pretty good group a, a while back. And I think, like, yeah. I know that the whole... Um, Nick Smith, Casey Wallace, Keontae George, I think they've all been – it was one person – I know there was a workout. I think it was – I think Nick Smith and Casey Wallace worked out together in Toronto. Um, and I think Keontae either didn't work out on that particular date or whatever. But anyway, long story short. I don't know short, if I saw Keontae's name on the list, but it's very possible. I was sort of going through it right before – um, I yeah, know I don't. He mixed up here. I know he was supposed to, but I don't. I don't. I think they told me like I don't know if he rescheduled or something came up. But um, okay. but yeah, Jet is he's really talented. Right. He did have some ankle injuries at the end of the year that sidelined him, and uh, he didn't do anything at the combine because I guess he wasn't fully healed from the ankle injuries. So it just makes me wonder did the ankle injuries have any impact on like his defense? Cause he, he wasn't a good defender and um, he was just a, a poor rebounder. So maybe he just didn't want to mix it up. I don't know. But to me, that's, that's concerning, but something that you're, that I've heard from like multiple teams is that every team wants wings except Toronto. Cause y'all got plenty of wings. But every Still works them out. Wings. Still works them out. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is, he he mentioned that the teams, like very few teams, are trying to be bad. Like even the bad teams are trying to like make a significant leap this year, and, and they want to win. So he was like, the issue with this draft is either you have wings that can shoot and they can't defend, or you have wings that can defend and you can't shoot. Right. He said, depending on the team. You may not have the time for your for the wing that can defend. The coach or the front office may not have two to three years for that guy to develop into a reliable shooter. Yeah. But then they're like, can you turn a non-defender in college and think that he's going to be a good NBA defender, even though he can shoot? And then if you make the playoffs, can that guy that can shoot, can he stay on the court in the playoffs? And then if you take him off the court, then it, your offense changes. So they mentioned like that is the dilemma with a lot of teams this year yeah. just because everybody from Houston, they had three bad years. They want to get significantly better, at least be in the play-in. Detroit is t- thinking that, you know, if Cade is healthy, they can possibly be a play-in team. Um, 
you know, Indiana was a playoff team at one point last yeah. season before Halliburton got hurt. So, and then Orlando expects to make a significant jump. Right. So the question is, like, with these wings, there's really no no type of balance. You either got a good shooter or a bad defender or a bad shooter and a good defender. Which is, like, a think- really tough thing in the NBA right now. It feels like you don't find a lot of those guys that are, you know, specialty in one department. You kind of have to be um, – well rounded. Sorry to cut you off. Especially in the playoffs. Especially in the playoffs. So that yeah. was a long-winded answer, but that was my concern about Jet Howard. I think if Jet was an average defender and a good rebounder, I think mm-hmm. he would be surefire lottery pick. Which would be interesting because Jet, Keontae, and Jairus Walker were all on the same high school team. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that like, okay, so you know what, we kind of glossed over it when talking about a lot of these sort of guards that we were talking about, we've mentioned a lot of combo guards already, um, because that kind of is a knock on a lot of those type of players, especially, you know, you mentioned it with wings, but a lot of the time, when you have a combo guard who can, you know, get to the rim or who can shoot a ton, they're there because they can get you a ton of offense in a short, in a short amount of time, but they tend to really be poor on the defensive end. Which one of these guys do you think is sort of the best defender of the group of, and you can name anybody that I haven't named either, but who are you looking at as sort of the best defender of the bunch that the Raptors can find? And it doesn't have to be a combo guard necessarily, but just guards Mm -hmm. in general. Uh, He's a Canadian, Olivier Maxence Prosper. I don't think he'd be in that range, but I think that he is the best defender. And he is uh, someone that has really shot the ball well. And I think he's helped himself the most in this pre-draft process. From everything I've heard, and he actually came on my podcast on Monday, but prior to hearing that, or prior to him coming on, I just heard that he is like just killing like the workouts. And then multiple teams are like, he's the most impressive guy that that we've interviewed. Just as far as like personality, he lights up a room, he's confident. And just a great, great kid. And so he came on my podcast on Monday. Matter of fact, I, I did it right after I, I did the, the one with you. And we never met. We never spoke before. And you would have thought that I had, like, great chemistry with him. So he has this yeah. glowing personality. And he's athletic. He can defend. He's mature because he's from Montreal. Uh, went to a prep school in, outside of Chicago. Then went to the... NBA Academy in Mexico. So, I mean, he's he's mature. He's traveled, speaks four languages. So teams are already blown away by him off the court. And then he's like an athletic defender. And so I think a team may say he shot the ball well in a pre-draft process, even though he was in like the, I want to say the low 30s from three this year. I think some teams may say it's easy, he's closer to being a good shooter while also being a good defender than some of the other guys. But he's so late rising in the process, in a sense, that I don't know if a team will take him in in the in the lottery, but he could end up having an all-rookie-type season. Interesting. I also love that he's mature because he's from Montreal. Is that how we're claiming Canadians right now? Can we just pretend to be mature? <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's traveled. I mean, you know, you got to think, a lot of the freshmen, they're just one year removed from high school. Yeah, oh, and, and, you know, he's a little older, like, as far as, um, as far as, like, experience, but he's still only 20 years old. And so, right. um, so I, I think he's, like, the biggest, outside of Bilal, I think he's the biggest riser. 
I think he'll get drafted in the teens. I don't I don't know about about the lottery. Fair enough, fair enough. Now I I just pulled up the the list and I got this from um the rookie wire usage today of a list of guys that the Raptors have worked out. Um, I'm just going to read a bunch of names that you tell me if any of them sort of stand out some guys that we haven't talked about, maybe um, that you think could possibly be a steal if the rappers do, you know, have that pick or maybe some guys that have dropped out. So um, Charles Bediaco. He's a, he's a native. And I've heard he's done really well. Matter of fact, I heard in that workout, Mm -hmm. I'm spilling the beans here. The Toronto workout Casey Wallace and Betty Yako were on the same team and they won like all of their games. Oh, okay. So inside information there. I like hearing that. I like hearing that. <laughs> uh, next, we talked about him already. Grady Dick, just someone who can help out with just the shooting that the Raptors need help with. Yeah. I am um, sorry if I uh, mispronounced his name. Kamaka Hepa out of uh, Hawaii. Yeah, I mean, I think he's uh, more so like a two-way guy yeah uh Raptors 905 candidate but um, okay yeah, so just like by year. that you mean more of a prospect than like a, a player who can contribute right away yeah I mean more so just a guy that they may want to develop uh even though he's a little older um but yeah I mean I just think he's like a, a training camp summer league type type target can I just say, just to interrupt my list here, I'm impressed. I'm like, I'm just reading off a list of names here. And you're just like, yep, got this about him. Got this about him. I cannot retain two minutes worth of anything. You know, what I, you know what? I say that because I disagree. Because when I listen to your podcast, yeah, you can do the same thing for the Raptors players or the NBA. I mean, I've followed you for years. Okay, like, you thank you. I, I remember just, useless information. Very fair. But yeah. Like, this is just my information. My thing. The draft. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you have a podcast like I do five days a week. Right. You talk about the guys enough. You just start to just remember stuff. So, like, when people ask me to be on their podcast and they send me notes, I'm like, I don't need them. I can. <laughs> <laughs> I um, next. Next name out of Michigan. We talked about him already, Jet Howard. Um, and then we've got Maxwell Lewis out of Pepperdine. What are your thoughts on, on Max Lewis? I like Max. I like yeah. him a lot. Uh, he had a – a uh, he was in Chicago, so I met him at the Combine, and I got invited to his, his workout, and I went to film it. I'm a videographer, so um, I'm able to, like, create my own content. That's great. And um, so I went to go watch him play. He didn't participate at the Combine other than, like, the measurements and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I went to watch him work out and I'll be honest and I'm dead serious here. It's the best like individual workout that I've ever filmed. Like he did not miss. Like the workout was so good that the the person that's running his pre-draft process asked me to send the raw footage. And that's what he's sending to teams. Like Jeez. this is the raw footage. So, you know, usually when you make like a, a workout video, you, there's no misses on there. Right. And uh, I mean, I put the edited version. It's on my, it's on the NBA Big Boy YouTube channel. So if you just type in Maxwell Lewis, or even if you just Guys, scroll check it down out. back like two weeks. And I did a one-on-one interview with him. I think he's really good. I think that he should be in the lottery discussion. The problem is he went to Pepperdine and Pepperdine mm-hmm. was just awful. I don't even know if he won 20 games in his two <laughs> years at Pepperdine. Jesus. I mean, they were really, really bad. Yeah. And so he kind of has to shed the label 
of a guy that put up good numbers on a bad team. Right. Another knock on him was that he was just an absolutely poor defender. Mm. But most people will tell you it's not because he lacks the tools. It's just because maybe he wasn't held accountable. Yeah. And he has this tendency because he's so athletic to let guys get by him. And then he tries to go from behind and get the, get the block. So he, he, uh, he falls into that range of a good shooter. And I think out of like all the wings, he may be the best like shot creator as far as like the, okay. the threes, as yeah. far as getting a shot. But the concern is again, the defense and he played on a bad team and he's just going to have to go like above and beyond to convince teams that he's not just a guy that just got a bunch of garbage points or, or empty stats, but talent wise, I think if he went to one of these major schools, we'd be talking about him as a lottery pick. Interesting, interesting. So he's he's more of a, the, the 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 poor defense because you know he wants to get the block, or maybe a gamble because he wants to get the steal. A, a showy guy, which hey, uh, if you're on a bad team, you might as well get your numbers and get your highlights. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, next up, we talked about him from G League Ignite. Actually, I actually want to focus in a little bit more about him, um, which is Leonard Miller because I think that's a name that people have sort of wanted uh, around the Raptors. So what are your thoughts on him? Do you think that that is um, someone the Raptors could sort of look at, or do you expect him to to be taken earlier or fall sort of out of the, the lottery there? I think he fits like Masai's draft history. Okay. But it would just add just way too much redundancy to what they already have. <laughs> so here's my little <laughs> Miller story. So the last, last few year, years, who stopped them? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of it's just a lot of redundancy. So Leonard Miller is from Canada. I want to say the Toronto area, and his mm-hmm. name was starting to, you know, buzz a little bit around this time last year. Actually, probably about April last year, as a guy that could possibly enter the draft. So he goes to the combine, and he is like the absolute worst player at the combine last year. I mean, he was bad. Looked like a fish out of water no. and um i remember like people from canada or people that i guess coached him whatever just asking me how how was it going and i was like man like he he just it's just too much for him the game was too fast i mean you could just see it in his face that he was out of place but every once in a while you'd see like him get a rebound and he'd make an outlet pass or you'd see and he's 611 so let me say that he's 611 you would see him handle the ball and make a couple plays mixed in with like definitely more bad plays than good. But at that point, I saw the intrigue. Like, okay, he's 6'11, he can handle, he can pass, he has some wing skills at 6'11. Of course, that's intriguing. So I went and watched like all his film and I saw the intrigue. So then this season, he goes to the G League Ignite. And yeah. I mean, obviously, Scoot is the headliner there. And he plays this role that is totally different than what I expected him to play. I thought they would use him as like a point forward or just kind of showcase his passing and ball handling. And that's not the role that he played. He ended up being like this dunker spot big mm. that, I mean, just kind of played around the basket as, as a finisher, has excellent like timing as far as like cutting and getting offensive rebounds and, and he was productive he has like 17 points and 10 rebounds per game then in march and I actually went to a game and because I, I live in dallas and they played the texas legends i was at the game he had 20 points and 20 rebounds yeah i remember i was talking uh, about that i i saw it and then you see how big he is he's 611 in march and i'm gonna read these stats to you 
Yeah. 22 points, 12.9 rebounds, two assists, one steal, 1.7 blocks per game, 64, 58, 90 shooting splits. Now, again, that's that's a month, small sample size, but he was the best prospect on the Ignite at the end of the season. I mean, Scoop took his foot off the gas, completely right. took his foot off the gas, but Leonard Miller stepped it up. So I want you can make a case and say, well, the Ignite were bad. You know, Scoot didn't have anything to play for. He knew where he was going. Leonard Miller was still trying to fight for his draft position or whatever. No matter how you spin it, the guy got better at the end of the year. He averaged 10 rebounds per game in the league against grown men. He's 6'11", and he's skilled. And the reason why he's so intriguing to me is because if he can put together what he did in the G League with the passing and the ball handling that he showed prior to that, right? You could have like a really, really good piece. Good athlete, not like a, a great athlete. Has a funky looking shot. It's um it's interesting looking shot, but <laughs> um I think a that, nice compliment. <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, looking. it's not like super ugly. I mean it's not like Joakim Noah. <laughs> no, it's not it's not that, but it's, it's, it's definitely not the shot when you're like teaching the fundamentals of basketball. He, he's definitely not going to be in a better, <laughs> a better basketball video, but he, he shot like 80 something percent from the foul line. So I think the touch is there and he's still young. So I think if he can expand his range and, and put all of that together, then he could be one of the best prospects in this class. Okay. I love to hear that. Even like, even if it doesn't work out for the Raptors in Canada, we're shaping up really nicely, you know? Back quarter, Jamal they can and get Shea. everybody to play. Just get everybody <laughs> to play for Team Canada. Hey, I mean, if not, Nick Nurse will play you guys all 44 minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the guys who do show up. Uh, next on this list is Isaiah Miranda uh, from NC State. Thoughts on, on Isaiah Miranda? Yeah, uh, Raptors 905 guy. Okay. Okay. So it seems like a lot of the guys that they maybe have worked out, they're sort of looking not just maybe with lottery picks, but just in general, um, depending on what gotta, they do. Yeah, you know, you got to do your due diligence. That's and fair. Especially, you know, you look at Toronto, what they've been able to get from Van Vliet and Siakam and some, they've they've had a lot of success developing guys. Yeah. And then, um, you know, just teams. Jump back, guys. <laughs> yeah. And then also in these workouts, sometimes you want to see – how these younger freshmen play against the older experience four-year guy. And then maybe like, for example, if it's a guard that you really like, and then maybe you bring in like this older defender, that's just a pest and you want to see how competitive it is. So, I mean, there's so many reasons why there's so many names of guys that get workouts. And it it could also be a favor for an agent. You know what I mean? Like if it's, I'm just throwing it out here. If it's Siakam's agent, of course, you know, Masai is going to answer. Like, <laughs> you know, like, Valid. Very valid. I mean, for yeah. a team that, like, took two months to pick a coach, due diligence might be might be the reason for for a lot of this. No, but that's a great point. Um, So I'm just going to throw out some other names at you. We have we, we talked about Brandon already, uh, but we have Marquise Noel, Malachi Smith, and I know we've already talked a little bit about Nick Smith and Kaysen Wallace, but I don't think we've talked a lot about DeAndre Williams. So, um. Thoughts on DeAndre Williams and, and Malachi Smith? Um, DeAndre Williams from Memphis? Yes. He's 26 years old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <That>, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, he's 26 years old. 
I mean, he's talented. He's good, but already, I think the third, just maybe under Jakob and 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 Fred and Jakob, if 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 you know those two stay. Yeah, he's twenty six. I mean, you know, somebody made a comment that, that not a porter. Taylor Hendricks like struggled with him. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, he's twenty six. <laughs> you know, like I will hope when Taylor Williams or Taylor Hendricks is twenty six, he's dominating an eighteen year old. So. But yeah, I mean, I think he he's definitely a guy that with his experience and 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 so on that you know, if you're an 18 or 19 year old, he's not the guy that you want to work out against just because right. he's he's stronger and and so on. But I mean, he, he's a good guy. I think he's someone that you know, best case scenario could could uh, crack the back end of the roster. Uh, Marquise Noel is exciting. I mean, he was the most exciting player in the NCAA tournament. He's like 5'8", uh, average more rebounds than Jet Howard like I mentioned phenomenal passer. I mean, the best passer in the draft, in my opinion, especially out of pick and rolls. Um, he's older. He's probably like 24. Um, okay. Can score. Just really good. Just the size is going to be like his, his biggest knock. But, I mean, Toronto has success with, with really undersized guards. But Marquise Started the smallest backcourt in the league at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Marquise is smaller than Fred. Better passer. Better playmaker. I mean, he's a really good playmaker, and I think he's going to be a really good playmaker, or he would be with like the NBA rules and spacing. But he has, you know, a couple things really going against him is the fact that he's twenty three or twenty four, right? And um, he's he's just small. So yeah, but he is someone that I think is going to go to um, summer league and, and put on a show. I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see that. And then, um, and then that was Marquise. You said. Yeah, Marquise Noel. Uh, and and then finally, I'll leave you with Malachi Smith from Gonzaga. Yeah, I mean, I think he's also someone that, you know, is a Raptors 905 guy. Okay. Uh, had good numbers. I think he went to, like, Tennessee, Chattanooga or something like that before he transferred to Gonzaga. Had, had a solid year, but I think he's more so of, of a G League training camp, maybe Exhibit 10 guy. Okay. I mean, that was a lot to chew on. Thank you. I'm just literally just throwing names at you at one point and just being like, oh, yeah, yeah. There's like a story for everybody and tons of stats. I mean, hello, everybody. If this is not advertisement for NBA Big Board, I don't know what's wrong with you. But um, going through it, I, I'm trying to find the words and in, in how I want to phrase this question. But if you have the pick at 13 and you are looking for a guard, do you think that they have – do you think that 13 is a fine spot to be to get that guy? Or do you think the the sort of higher names that we've been talking about, the Keontes, the Buckins, uh, do you think that they would sort of pass the Raptors by at the number 13 spot? No, I think you can get you can get a really good guard at 13. You figure the top five will be Wimbayama, Scoot, Miller, uh, Amon Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say Jairus Walker goes five. Let's say Jairus, I'm sorry, uh, Cam Whitmore goes five. Let's say Jairus Walker, Anthony Black, and Taylor Hendricks, maybe even Derek Lively at the Mavs at, at 10. So now, you know, your guard range is, you know, I mean, even if Bilal goes to nine to, to Utah, you still have, um, and let's just say Anthony Black goes to Washington. So right. you still have Keontae, you still have Kaysen Wallace, Put Shafino, Buffkin, all of those guys would still be available. 
Yeah, all the guys that we talked about, which, uh, does that make Raptor fans, are you guys nervous? Is that, do you think that that's because the Raptors don't actually want to take one of these guards and want to wanna, uh, maybe do something that, uh, looking at the roster and the makeup of this team that they probably shouldn't be doing right now? Um, <laughs> they did mention that they want to take best player available. They did mention that they want to take a Raptors guy. And to me, a Raptors guy kind of means one thing because it's just a the one thing. Wing. <laughs> it's a long the wing that can't shoot. <laughs> hey <laughs> uh it'll be really really interesting to see what the Raptors do I mean thank you so much for joining me again for today thank you for I, I think that was a lot of names for everyone to sort of chew on if we have not mentioned the guy I mean at this point it's because they've taken a Bruno Capoglo pick right <laughs> like we've yeah. kind of talked about every single person who's going to be in there uh I'll leave you with um everybody that we mentioned who do you kind of who do you think is the most sure fire bet who can contribute right away um well i mean that's the big question (laughs) well simply because we don't know like if they're going to like lean towards rebuilding or they're just going to try to just keep it afloat if they lean towards rebuilding whoever they select at 13 is going to be given Right here, let's throw the Raptors even by the wayside. Let's say like, which of these guys do you think you put on an NBA team and they're like, yeah, they can contribute right away versus it'll probably take this guy a little bit because maybe he needs to bulk up or, you know, the shot's not there yet. Like, who do you who do you look at as like NBA ready? Honestly, and, and this is someone that I think out of, out of the guys that we've talked about today, yeah. I might say Leonard Miller because okay. he already has a year of professional experience. I think that he has at the minimum a role as like a you know a, an active big that can rebound and, and cut and, and he has good size so I'd say he probably has the easiest role in a sense because again he's already been a pro and he can you know be like your guy that just kind of hangs around the basket and, and finishes um, but then if you know and like I think a coach like well they have a, a bunch of guys similar, but if he was in a, a different team and he had like a Nick nurse type coach, he'd be able to maximize all of his gifts. The problem I just think with Toronto is they had too many guys with overlapping skill sets and it was kind of hard to allow everyone to, to shine. But I think Leonard Miller has like the easiest role. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, Hey, maybe the Raptors just do the thing again and, you know, we're all talking about a guard play and they just pick up another wing. Uh, it'll be really yeah. interesting to see what they do. Uh, we got a whole summer for that. And today was just focusing on the draft. Thank you so much for joining me today. And please let everybody know where they can find all of your work. Yeah, you can find me at NBABigBoard.com. It's a newsletter that I that I have. Um, and then um, Locked on NBA Big Board podcast is five days a week. I'll be in New York for the draft. And so I have some content coming from there. And, um, but yeah, I'm, if you like draft content, I'm sure I said on the last episode, you can probably get seven or eight forms of draft content from me in a week. Hey, I mean, that's why you're the best that's doing it. Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you everyone for listening. Have a great day. Thank you.